Hello, everyone, and welcome to The J-Spot. I am Jacqueline Clarizio, and I'm so excited to have a good friend of mine, Jessica Velarde, here, who's a dermatology PA practicing for over eight years in both medical and cosmetic dermatology. Hi, Jess. How are you? Hi. Good. How are you? Good. So today we're going to be talking about skincare in pregnancy, and I wanted to start off by learning a little bit about Jess. So Jess, tell us a little bit about you, what your everyday is like, and what you're typically seeing. So I have been um, a dermatology PA for eight years. I practice right now in Connecticut. Um, Orange, Connecticut is where my office is, and I practice both medical and cosmetic dermatology. So I treat patients. I work full-time. I see patients um, on a daily basis with um, skin conditions like acne, rosacea, eczema, psoriasis. And for uh, the cosmetic portion, I I perform the injectables like, uh, you know, Botox and fillers. And I also uh, perform chemical peels also for skin conditions. Oh, cool. So you see like a variety of things. Do you see a lot of patients that are in their pregnancy time, you know, like patients that come in that are seeking skincare, but they're pregnant? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, So I know it's a big part of my practice and I, I feel like you could probably answer questions better than I can, but a lot of times patients come in and they want to get Botox or filler. And obviously the answer is no, but you don't want to totally exclude this population. So I guess I'm trying to get more expertise of how to treat these patients and still make sure that they're keeping up with their skincare until they can get back on, you know, the post-pregnancy, more aggressive treatments. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to start by talking about what products you consider pregnancy safe. So what can patients be using during pregnancy that is safe for both them and the baby? Yeah, sure. So there are a lot of over-the-counter products that are safe in pregnancy. Um, Most of your typical moisturizing ingredients like hyaluronic acid, niacinamide, um, glycerin, lactic acid, and peptides are safe. Um, Vitamin C is safe. Um, A couple of um, acids like azelaic acid, glycolic, mandelic, and lactic acid are also safe, which are great. Um, and, you know, for prescription-wise, um, acne products, uh, topical acne medication like topical clindamycin and benzoyl peroxide at 5% max um, is also safe. And for sunscreens, both mineral and chemical SPFs are safe. That's interesting. You know, I always feel like they talk about chemical SPFs, but it is it just because, like, People say it's absorbed by the body that typically. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a lot of fear mongering. Mm-hmm. Um, but the I've used. Um, I'm currently um, pregnant right now. I'm almost 35 weeks, and I've used um, chemical sunscreen just because I like the formulation better mm-hmm. than mineral. Um, and the the studies show and everything that it's it's fine. The chemical sunscreens are fine. Do you have a favorite SPF? Um, I really like La Roche-Posay. Their Anthelios line is great. Um, Supergoop is is really great too. And um, actually, Eucerin just came out with 
um, a couple new sunscreens. And I think they're, yeah, they have like an oil, one for oily skin, and then one that is, they they call it an anti-age defense because it it has antioxidants in it. That one is pretty good too. What about vitamin C? Do you have a favorite vitamin C that you use? I, my favorite is the uh, SkinCeuticals. I use the the Floritin CF because I have acne prone skin, um, but I love all the the SkinCeuticals like the C Ferulic too is great. So you're saying the Floritin because the vitamin E that's in the original CE Ferulic makes you more prone to acne, correct? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what about Jess, what about tretinoin? So like, obviously we love tretinoin for anti-aging purposes, helps with hyperpigmentation, has a lot of benefits, but can patients be using this while pregnant? Unfortunately, no. Um, So topical retinols, so those are the retinols that are over the counter, retinoids we call uh, prescription strength um, retinols. So tretinoin is a retinoid and it is not safe to use in pregnancy. Um, we know that oral retinoids like Accutane, um, can cause severe birth defects. Um, that's why if someone has ever taken Accutane, they, there's a whole big, you know, process and you have to have two negative pregnancy tests prior to even starting. Um, so it kind of stemmed from that. Um, they were, a few case studies on topical retinoids that have shown it to affect a baby. Um, however, a direct cause and association hasn't been established. So, you know, the systemic absorption is most likely low, but we tell pregnant women to avoid any type of retinol or retinoids, um, you know, mostly out of precaution. Um, however, it is safe to use when you're breastfeeding. Um, so you can use tretinoin when you're breastfeeding, but during pregnancy, you can't. And is there a database like, or anywhere that patients pregnant or lactating can go on to like kind of find which medications are safe and which ones aren't? Yeah. For breast, when you're breastfeeding, um, there is a database, it's called LactMed. So if you just go onto Google and type in whatever medication you're using. So let's say you want to check and see if tretinoin is safe in pregnancy. You just type in tretinoin lactmed and you'll be directed. Um, the, the first link on Google should be the lactmed database and you can read up on the, um, the medication and, and see if it's safe for breastfeeding or not. Okay. That's awesome. What about, so like, you know, obviously when we're pregnant or we're going through hormonal changes, we could be acne prone. Is there any medications like, I know you said benzoyl peroxide, but what about salicylic acid? How safe is that in pregnancy? Salicylic acid, if it's less than 2%, it's safe. Um, Anything, anything over 2% isn't recommended. Um, You know, if you want to be on the safer side, you could just use a salicylic acid, you know, 2% wash because it has a short contact. Um, So if you just, you know, leave it on the skin for a couple of seconds, rinse off, it's not going to cause any harm. Um, um, So that's safe. Azelaic acid, um, which we, there's prescription strength. Um, There's a finacea, which is 15%. 
and Azelex, which is 20% azelaic acid. Those are both prescription strength. That could be used for acne and rosacea. So that's safe in pregnancy. Um, the topical clindamycin, um, usually we pair clindamycin with benzoyl peroxide. Um, there's a prescription that's basically a, a two-in-one. Um, that's safe for pregnancy too. Um, so that's nice. And also um, glycolic acid is safe, okay. which is a nice ingredient too. Yeah. So I think we should kind of cover how our skin changes during pregnancy. So can you talk a little bit before we get into, you know, melasma and other conditions, how do you see that your patient's skin changes during pregnancy? Yeah, it really varies from woman to woman. Um, and what's interesting too, is that your skin will react differently with each pregnancy you have. Um, so it really can go either way. Um, so it's, it, you know, it's hard to predict, um, you know, some women have, you know, great skin. If they were prone to acne beforehand, sometimes their acne clears when they're pregnant. Um, and other women, um, sometimes you develop acne when you're pregnant because of the hormones. Um, and then sometimes too, if you are acne prone, before pregnancy, when you are pregnant, sometimes, you know, the acne can get worse. Um, same thing with other skin issues like, you know, um, with eczema um, and psoriasis, um, you, those can either get worse or better. Um, and then some, you can also develop some newer um, skin conditions. Like I've seen women develop vitiligo during pregnancy, which mm. is... Um, like a depigmentation of the skin. That's when you get the um, white patches. So yeah, a lot, a lot of skin changes that could happen. Yeah. So with these skin changes, the facial treatments that patients can still do in office, I know you said glycolic acid. So you're saying those mm. peels can still be done, like the peels with just glycolic acid? Right. Just with glycolic acid. I, I always have uh, um, patients, you know, triple check with their OBGYN just to make sure they're okay with it. Um, almost always I get the okay to do them. Um, but glycolic acid peels are safe during pregnancy. So I have, um, treated women with, you know, acne breakouts, um, with melasma too, um, with the glycolic acid peels. Okay. And what about like other procedures? Like, can they get a hydrofacial? The hydrofacial, you have to be careful because I think hydrofacials have um, I think they, salicylic, they have appeal, right? Yeah, they have a peel with salicylic. So I guess if you skip that step. Yeah, you would have to. I remember um, we avoided when, when I had it, the hydrofacial at uh, my previous job, we avoided it just because of the tubing. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if someone uses, if someone has done a, a salicylic acid peel before you, sometimes oh, that could still point. be in the tube. Yeah. So we, we avoided um, hydrofacials in, in pregnant women for that reason. Um, you know, the, it might be different now because I know they change the, the devices fairly yeah. often. So what about uh, like microneedling or laser? So the issue with the microneedling is the numbing cream. Okay. 
Um, so that is, so, I mean, unless you want to do it without numbing cream, which is a little painful. <laughs> worth it. Um, yeah, <laughs> maybe worth it. it <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it is worth it, but I've done it when I, my face hasn't been fully numb and I'm like, just do it. Just you know, <laughs> get it over possible. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, but lasers, um, lasers are a no. Okay. Yeah. All right. So one of the most common things that I see, and I'm sure you see more of a variety, but I get a ton of patients that during pregnancy develop melasma, which is, you know, some hyperpigmentation on the face, especially Mm -hmm. on the upper lip. So how are you, like, how do we prevent melasma? How do we stop melasma from happening? And then how do we treat it? Yeah. So with pregnancy, um, sometimes the, the melasma will happen, you know, whether you are, you know, um, protecting your skin from the sun or not just because of the hormones. Um, it really though is, is mostly triggered by sun exposure. Um, so it's usually sun exposure plus hormones. Um, so the, the best thing you could do is make sure if you're going to be outside, wear at least an SPF of 50 and also wear, you know, a wide brimmed hat. Um, you can get melasma too on the body. So some people don't really like, really don't, um, know that. Like I've seen melasma on the, the arms. Um, you can even get a little bit on your stomach. I actually got a little patch of melasma on my belly (laughs) from being at, from being at the beach just one time. Um, and I hide from the sun, but I guess I was exposed. I, I, I don't know. Um, but I did develop a little melasma patch during my pregnancy on my stomach. Um, so it's just important to wear SPF everywhere. Um, and, and you can even wear SPF protective clothing if you're going to be out for long periods of time. That's number one. Um, and then treatment wise, um, when you are pregnant, I usually prescribe the finacea, which is the 15% azelaic acid. And then I talk about doing chemical peels. Um, the glycolic acid peels. Um, so some women, you know, want to do both. Some some women just start with the azelaic first. Um, you know, you can try also using a vitamin C serum in the morning. Um, but usually you need something um, like the azelaic. And then after pregnancy and breastfeeding, they can resume like more aggressive peels and and start lasers, but do you have any input about, you know, melasma and lasers? So I tend to stay away from heat for, um, for my melasma patients, just because heat is a big trigger for melasma. Um, I know there are some, some, um, providers that do the Pico laser Mm -hmm. for melasma, um, which, I think could help you, you know, you just have to go to someone that does it all the time um, because they're, I'm sure there are um, settings for that, um, that it's safe enough for melasma. So that's the only laser that I would recommend. Um, Microneedling is fine, um, but I usually tend to stick with the chemical peels and I usually prescribe the um, hydroquinone uh, combination with a, a retinol and a steroid. That's like the brand Triluma, right? Like they brand yeah. it as Triluma. 
Mm -hmm. But you can, if a patient, if that's not covered by insurance, can you prescribe them separately and then the patient mix them together? You can. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that for, for patients. Um, and then sometimes like in my office, we, we do have it compounded. Mm -hmm. Um, so sometimes we also have higher strengths, like the Triluma is a 4% hydroquinone. Um, you can get a 6% hydroquinone and 8%. So, you know, if the 4% isn't working, you can, um, eventually increase it if needed. Okay. Well, I think for melasma, we pretty much covered how to prevent it, how to treat it, and how to treat it after pregnancy. Mm -hmm. In terms of like eczema, psoriasis, seborrheic dermatitis, you know, those those types of issues. Yeah. What are you prescribing for patients that are pregnant that have that? Can they use Illidel? Can they use those types of products? Yeah. So they can use, um, they can use topical steroid creams. Um as long as it's a, a low, you know, low to moderate strength. Um, usually in the first trimester, we try to start with the lowest dose possible. Um, but usually in the second and third trimester, you know, if you need to go to a moderate strength, um, it just depends on the surface area. Um, you know, even like if someone has bad, you know, let's say scalp psoriasis and they have to use clobetasol, which is a high potency steroid. Um, usually I, I have them check with their OB, you know, on my end, it's fine. Um, I have them check with their OB and then they usually say it's fine as well. Um, so, you know, that is, that's safe to use in the, the second and third if, if trimesters, if needed. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with the, the non-steroidals, the only one, um, Opsilora is a newer medicine that just came out for atopic derm and that's steroid free. We don't know there, you know, there's no data on it, unfortunately, it's really new. Um, so that unfortunately we don't, we, we can't say if it's safe or not. Um, but Elidel and Tacrolimus, as long as the OB says it's fine, it's fine to use. Okay. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk to you about, Jess, so in terms of skincare checks, you know, how do you feel about getting skin checks during pregnancy and are they, do you recommend them, et cetera? Oh yeah. It's the most important thing you can do for your skin when you're pregnant. Um, just because, you know, as the pregnancy goes on, um, you'll develop new moles, you know, new spots and everything. So, um, and it's, it's hard for someone, you know, and especially if you had never had a skin check before, it's hard to, you know, figure out for yourself if, you know, something was worrisome or not. So I usually recommend, um, I usually recommend women to have a skin check done when they are pregnant. Okay. All right. Well, Jess, thank you so, so much for taking the time out of your day to talk to patients or anyone listening about skincare and pregnancy. If you don't already follow Jess, Jess on Instagram is the PA underscore C. Go follow her. She has great tips for skincare, hair restoration, anything you can think of. Whenever I have a skin problem, I usually call her, or text her. So, um, but thank you so much, Jess. Thank you for having me. I'll talk to you soon.
Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast with Jess. I hope you found her helpful. I think that skincare during pregnancy can get a little scary because you're like, I don't know what I can and can't use. I don't know what I can and can't do. But she's really, really an expert in this field and has been in it for so long. And who better than a pregnant dermatology expert? I thought she was best for this episode. So I hope you found it helpful. With injectables, we're super, super limited. So I really defer patients to dermatologists to really keep up with their skincare during pregnancy and try to prevent things like melasma, et cetera. The next episode of this podcast will be released next Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As always, this episode is not intended to give any medical advice. So if you're seeking medical attention, please contact your provider. Be sure to subscribe and follow on your favorite podcast app. And to follow us on Instagram, the two accounts are at Jacqueline Clarizio underscore aesthetics and at the J spot aesthetics. You can contact us there for any inquiries or anything that you would like discussed on the podcast. Or even if you want to be on the podcast, please reach out to us. I'll see you next week at the J spot.